Today's daf is daf tes in Moi Cotton. We learned for Forshlam for Yosef Azriel ben Chaim Michal and Elazar ben Reuma. <clears throat> Yesterday we got down a few lines on the page, more than a couple lines, uh, down to Amr of Parnach, about six lines, six lines down in the wide lines. Amr of Parnach, Amr of Yochanan. Osashana, Loasa Yisrael, Yom Kippur. We just learned yesterday that, uh, how do we know that Ain Marvin Simcha was Simcha? We see from Shlomo Amelach that he made a point of, uh, even though he he, uh, he he did the Chanukah Sabayas right before the Chag, uh, right before Chag Asukas, and then seven days afterwards they did the Chag. Now we said you don't wait because uh, you don't want to leave over the base of Mikdash and you complete it as soon as possible. But from the Pusik, the way the Pusik reads, Shivas Yom, Shivas Yom, Abbas Yom, he could have just said Abbas Yom to show you Shivas Yom, Shivas Yom, to show you that each is separate and you don't mix up one simple with another simple. So Parnach said that that year that Shlomo Amelech uh, did the Chanukah Sabayas, when you realize that seven days before Sukkot includes Yom Kippur. So they did, they, they did seven days of feasting and, uh, and joy and bringing Karbanos. So Rabbi Yochan, that year, they didn't make Yom Kippur. They didn't fast. Um, and they didn't, they didn't uh, conduct the regular Yom Kippur services by Yudogim, they were worried about it. We, we deserve destruction for not having observed Yom Kippur that year. Yatsa Baskol, a Baskol went out, a heavenly voice went out to Omerland. No, you're all, you're all invited to Olam Abba, meaning that uh, what you did is correct and proper. Now, why was that correct and proper? My Dorush, what did they, what did they expound? What did they learn? How did they figure that out? In other words, what, what made Shlomo Amelach and the Chacham at that time decide, you know what, we can abandon this year, we're going to abandon um, Yom Kippur. We'll have Rosh Hashanah, you have part of the Aser Sameh Tshuva, but we're going to start the uh, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, those seven days of Tishrei, we're going to keep Chanukah Sabayas and have Yemei Mishta. What did they darshan to come up with that? Amar Kavachomer. Uma Mishkan, Marsh, the original tabernacle, the original Mishkan. That was only temporary while they were in the Midbar, while they were traveling throughout Israel before they came to the Menucha and Yushalayim. It's not a forever. It was only going to be temporary, maybe temporary for hundreds of years, but temporary. The Karban Yachad. And those were Karbanas who brought them the Nesim. The 12 Nesim of the 12 tribes, they brought their individual Karbanas. It's a Karban Yachad. But Docha Shabbos, Idesos as we'll see, they darshan them that it was Docha Shabbos, meaning the Karbanos, even though their Karban Yachid is not normally Docha Shabbos, this is this Karban Yachid is Docha Shabbos. Karban Sibra, of course, the, the Karban Musaf and the, and the Ola, the things like the, uh, the daily Tomid, those are Karban Sibra, those are Docha Shabbos. But a Karban Yachid is not Docha Shabbos. You can't bring your own Karban, your Chayav Achatlas, or even if you want to bring an, uh, you bring an Ola or Shlom as a Neder, Nedova, you're not Docha Shabbos. So Manach, what? The Mishkan, which is not a Kedushas Olam, not forever, and it's a Karban Yachin, it's still Docha Shabbos, which is in his Skila. If you're with Adam and Asura, you have Skila. Mikdush, the base of Mikdush, Kedushas Kedushas Olam, that Kedushas there forever. Even if you hold that what, that that uh, that the part, that Eretz Yisrael was Kitchel Shata, below Kitchel Asulavo, but the base of Mikdush itself is certainly Kadosh, Kedushas Olam. The Karban Sibor, and this is a Karban Sibor, they all brought it together to be, to be, to keep the Chanukah Tobias. It wasn't individual Nasim who brought it. <coughs> it was a carbon yachid, it was a carbon seabor for everyone. So the Mashim carbon seabor was considered carbon seabor and Yom Kippur to Anushkaris. Yom Kippur is not a stringent as Shabbos. And Yom Kippur, 
the maximum punishment you get is chorus. If you do Adam and Asra, you ate, you uh, you broke your fast on Yom Kippur and you weren't sick, and as you did it on purpose, Adam and Asra, you have chorus. There's no misubidation line for that. As best you'll get, you'll get Malchus from a Besdin. So it's not astringent. So certainly, Kolshkain certainly should be Redofi Yom Kippur. And again, if by the Mishkan, which wasn't as stringent, still was Dofa Shabbos. So here, where it's a Kedushas Olam, the base of Mishkan itself, and it's carbon seaboard, and Yom Kippur is not astringent as Shabbos, only Chayef Karas, Kolshkan should be Dofa. Elamai, so fast, the case that they had a good cup of why were they worried? Why were they worried that maybe uh, they made a mistake? The answer is, Over there was a Tzarek Gavo. Why? Rashi says, because <coughs> the, the Karbanos were Karbanos Tzibur, uh, uh, and they were Karbanos Ola. And even chatos, which is some that eaten by the Kohen, but not eaten by the Tzibur. The, the uh, Ola is totally burned to Hashem. These were Shlomim that they brought. They brought Karbanos that they could eat. And therefore, the Tzarek and therefore, maybe over here, Maybe they should have been more machber with Yom Kippur. That's why they were worried, even though they had the kavachomer. So why did they eat? So if you're not sure about eating, which is the main <coughs> isur of, of uh, Yom Kippur, right? The other the other isurim that are, are also but not necessarily chayv karis <coughs> over here that you chayv karis. So why didn't they make the make the uh, make the simcha of Chanukah's advice on Yom Kippur? But don't eat. The answer is. <coughs> so maybe they may, they should do the avoda, bring the karbanos, uh, do the Hanukkah sabayas, but don't eat and drink. The answer is ain't simcha There's no simcha without eating and drinking. Jews get together for a simcha. There's no such thing as no food being served, right? They have to eat something. So Mishkan Okay, fine. So now we're assuming that the Mishkan was Docha Shabbos. They made this Kavachom, but how did they know? How did they know from the Psukim that the, that the Mishkan was Docha Shabbos? Maybe when they did the Chanukah Sabayis and the Mishkan, brought down in Nassau, we read the uh, Nassim, we read that on, on Hanukkah. Maybe, uh, maybe, how do, maybe, how do we know the Docha Shabbos? He says, by Yom Rishon of Yom Shvi, he says, on the first day, they brought this, this Nassi brought, and the Yom Shvi, this Nassi brought, now, how does that mean Shvi means Shabbos? Yom Shvi Karbanas. Maybe Yom Rishon means Sunday, and Yom Shvi means Shabbos. How do you know that it means this, that it's the seventh day of what? How do you know that Shvi means Shabbos? Maybe it's the seventh day of the Karbanas, but they skipped Shabbos. They did Sunday through Friday. They skipped Shabbos. And then, then Sunday was the seventh day. Remember that Pasuk, Michael? It says, right? It's a strange question. Just say, on the 11th day. What's to teach me that extra yom is extra. My yom, just like one day, is uninterrupted. They're all uninterrupted. They're one after another, including Shabbos. So the other day, I think Shabbos up. Maybe it means this. It means on days that are fit, not, not including Shabbos. How do you know that that, uh, that the Yom HaShashayom means that just like one day is, is continuous, uninterrupted, the same day, the 11 days, maybe the Yom means, the Yom HaShashayom, Yomim, that are fit to bring a carbon, a carbon meaning not like a, a carbon yachid, which is not we're talking about the nasim in the in the in the mishkan, and uh, it means days that are fit, not including Shabbos. Another pasuk there says on the twelfth day, what it says, it also says biyom shnei masar yom. There we also have that strange lashon of biyom shnei masar yom. Mayom kula ratzuf, 
just like one day is all uninterrupted. Also, one maybe also means yom means days that are fit, including Shabbos in Karen Trey Why would it have to say both Yom and Yom Yom? Why would it say it twice, Lomeli? And therefore, must be teaching this that this idea that besides the fact that it's uh, it, it's not it's teaching me something more. What is it more? Telling me that it's Yom Ratzuf that it's a continuous continuous thing, and therefore includes Shabbos. So when the Nesim brought their Kabbalahs, they didn't skip a day for Shabbos, but they brought it on Shabbos as well. Okay, so that's how they knew that. How do we know that at the time of Shlomo Melech, they said they did a Kabbalah, they said, oh, Marech at the Mishkan, which was a carbon Yachid, and it's only, and it was Docha Shabbos, which is a Skila, and it's not even Kedushas Olam, so certainly the base of Mikdash itself. So how do we know that they actually were Docha Yom Kippur there? Because it says Shiva Yom, like we said yesterday, seven days and seven days. Maybe also means 14 days that are right to bring a carbon, not including Shabbos. The answer is Gomer Yom Yom Mehosam. Ah, we said before the Yom that it said in the Pasuk in Naso says twice, Yom Shtesa Yom and Yom Shtesa Yom. That we said teaches me that uninterrupted. So here also, Abbasim means uninterrupted. He brought it on Shabbos also. So Rav Parnach started off by saying that that year they didn't keep Yom Kippur. And while you dog them, they were worried. And then the Baskal came out. So this is like Omar Mar. So don't worry. You're all invited to Olam You didn't make a mistake. How do we know that? In other words, where did he get that? Where did he get that idea that the Baskal came out? How did Rapanachlun it? On the eighth day, meaning that's Shmini Atzeris, the eighth day of, of Sukkot, which is Shmini Atzeris, uh, Shlomo Bell sent him home. And they blessed the king. And they went home to their homes, right? Smechim happy and with joyous hearts. <coughs> and all the good that God did with David, David is serving Israel Amo. What is it? How, does, how do you explain that post? That's the post in Malachim that tells us on the eighth day on Shemini Atzeris, <coughs> he sent them home. Like you saw that, I guess they left after, after the Chag, but uh, he sent them home that day. <coughs> what does it mean they went home to their to their tents? We saw yesterday Owen was his wife. They all went home and found their wives. <coughs> Apparently, it's it, um, indication from here that they didn't have their wives with them. They went home and they found their wives Batara that their women were that their wives were not Nida or Zava. They found them pure. Smechem, they were happy, that they um they enjoyed. The shining of the uh, Shem's countenance. They enjoyed that. The two relates, they were joyous because each one of them went home <coughs> and their wives became pregnant with, with uh, male sons. I'll call it, there's no other kind of sons. I'll call it Tova on all the good, on all the good. Shiatsabaskal, the Baskal went out. This is the Tova. Shiatsabaskal, Amalam Kuchim's Mam Chayam In other words, from these words, I'll call it Tova. That's where Parnach got the Drusha. They understood that the Baskol came and told them that they're all invited to the next world, that they did not send it, that they don't, don't think that they kept Yom Kippur uh, intentionally, they intentionally violated Yom Kippur because they were it was proper to do so. The David Avel Yisrael and all the good that they saw in Beis the David Avdo, David his servant in Yisrael, and the David wasn't around anymore, right? So what do you mean they saw David? Oh, they were happy and they were too late. They were with their wives and they had children and all this was good. And they, they were, Hashem uh, uh, forgave them for not observing Yom Kippur because they did the right thing. And it says, 
they were happy for uh, what does that mean? David Abdo, David is servant. We understand what he did to the Jewish people. Hashem forgave them for Yom Kippur for that sin. So it was a sin, but he forgave them for that because they did the right thing under the circumstances. Tell the David Abdo, but David is servant. My, what is David Abdo? Where do you see that Hashem was good to David at this point? When Shlomo wanted to bring the Aron into the base, said the gates were sealed. They they stuck to one another. In Lachem, it's brought down that he said that says uh, he said uh, 24 Lashonos of supplication of Rina and Tfila, Bakasha, Trina. It says there he said 20 Bologna and he wasn't answered. In other words, the day, gates didn't open. Plus, if you started to say Sushom Shechem. Gates, oh, lift up your heads. Bologna and he still wasn't answered. Kiva Shahamar, once he mentioned David, he said, Hashem Elohim, this Pasuk is in Dirayom. Hashem Elohim, Alta Shape, name Shechecha. Don't turn away the face of your anointed one, David. Remember, please, the chesed of David, your sins went. When Shlomo mentioned David, his father, he was answered and the gates opened up. In that time, when the gates opened up by the mentioning of David HaMelech, who wasn't around anymore, David, the ones who hated David, the ones who fought him. Don't forget, nobody had unanimity. Not, not Bibi and not... Uh, and not, uh, you know, not Moshe Rabbeinu Lavdo, not David Amelech. They always had enemies. So all these enemies, their faces turned black. In other words, they realized, everybody knew, Hashem forgave him for the sin of Uriah and Bathsheba. So uh, that was the idea that with David Abdo, this is the good. At that point, they saw when the gates opened up just in the course of David, they saw that Hashem had forgiven David Amelech for that sin. Rabbi Yonason ben Asmaya, Rabbi ben Gerim, these two rabbis, apparently the second was Ben Garen, but the parents were converts. These two great rabbis, Tano Parshas Nadarim, they were learning Mesechus Nadarim, they were learning Mesechus Nadarim, Be'er Shem in the yeshiva of Shem Yechoi. Ifter, we say yeshiva, his house was all the same in those days, right? Ifter Minei, the Be'urta, they left him, they they took leave from him, they said goodbye, they said goodbye to the, the Rebbe at night, they were leaving town. With Safra, Hutter, become Ifter Minei. And the next morning they came back and they said goodbye again. Didn't you already say goodbye last night? They told him, You taught us, if a Tama leaves his master, but he stayed overnight in that same city, you have to, leave, you have to say goodbye again. What happened by That's why the story is brought down here. Shlomel sent them on Shmini at Seres. Right, and they blessed the king when they took leave from him, and he, he said goodbye to them, and they left. It says the eighth day, what day of the month? And then the very next day, it says on the twenty third day, that's Isru Chag or Simchas Torah and Chutz Laaretz. On the on the and Tishrei, the twenty third Tishrei, Shalachasam, he sent them again. What, what do you mean? He sent them again. He sent them away on the twenty-second, and then he sent them away on the twenty-third. Ella, Mikan, the Talmud, you see from here, said Rabbi Shemrechoy, you see from here, the Talmud, the Talmud leaves his master. The Lombos, but he stayed overnight. He, he took his leave and then stayed overnight. So he asked him again. So before we continue the story, the Mefarshim asked, "Didn't Rabbi Shemrechoy know what he taught them? Why does he say? Well, he's asking, why did you? Why did you come say goodbye again? You say goodbye yesterday. So, so different reasons are brought down. Some say he was just trying to test them. Some say that." Um, 
that that, uh, that rule about if you said goodbye and then you stayed overnight, you didn't leave, you got to go back the next day and say goodbye again. That's only if you were planning to leave immediately. But if you knew you were going to stay overnight, you know, you say goodbye today, you just didn't have a chance. You had an early flight the next morning and you wouldn't have a chance to say goodbye. So if you say goodbye today on the condition you're going to leave tomorrow morning, then you don't have to go back and say goodbye again. So he thought that that's maybe what they did. Maybe he thought that they were planning to leave anyway the next day. That could be what happened. Or some say that it could just really be that Rabshim Rechai was an honor and he didn't consider them Talmidim. A Talmud who leaves his Rebbe, he's supposed to say goodbye. And if he stays overnight, stay goodbye again, but not a colleague. And therefore maybe it was Tanivas. In any case, that was the story. So he asked him and they told him, he taught us this idea. So Rabshim Rechai said to his sons, these guys, these are people of stature. These two rabbis, this um, Rabbi Yudah ben Gerim and Yosem Amsoy, who, who said goodbye to me twice, these are Hashiva people. Zil Gabayim, go with them, go to them, they should bless you. Azul, he went to them, the son, Rabshim Rechai, went, went to them. Ashkenaz Koramikorai daughter, he saw them learning Torah, and they asked the contradiction between two Pesukim. So it says, Palais Magal Reglecha, balance the path of your feet, and then all your ways will be established. So another Pesuk says, the way of life, don't balance. Don't balance the way of life. What are we talking about balancing? So Rashi explains that means take a measure of the mitzvahs. In other words, appraise the mitzvahs and see which is a mitzvah dola, which is and which is not such a big mitzvah. Do the big mitzvahs. In other words, you should balance things. See which which is the proper one. Then another pasuk says. You don't balance anything. You do any mitzvah. You don't say, I'm not going to do this mitzvah. I'll do a bigger mitzvah. I'm going to leave this one aside. You don't do that. You, you, do, you do every mitzvah. So it seems to be a contradiction in these two psukim and mishle. So they, so they answer, If a mitzvah, a smaller mitzvah, can be done by, a, by somebody else, then let him do the small mitzvah and you do the big mitzvah. You do the big mitzvah. We're on the base now. Uh, a mitzvah that cannot be done by anybody else, there's nobody else to do it, then you don't start measuring this mitzvah, that mitzvah, any mitzvah that you have that comes to you, you have to do. That was one contradiction. Then they had another, a similar contradiction that they answered in a similar way. They had this question, these two great rabbis. It says, the Torah, Mishlei says that the Torah is, is more precious than pearls, the greatest thing. All your doings, all, all your desires will not measure up to it, will not uh, equal it. In other words, learn Torah whenever you can and leave your business and things aside. So your individual doings and your things you desire, but things that are mitzvahs that you're doing not for yourself, but you're doing because Hashem told you to do them to be Mekayim mitzvahs, then maybe that does measure up to it. Meaning that there are times when you should abandon the Torah to do various mitzvahs. You abandon the Talmud Torah and do the mitzvah. That's one passage. Another passage says, All doings, all things you desire, whether it's yours or whether it's Shemayim, will not compare to Torah, meaning don't do mitzvahs. You should only sit and learn Torah. Even things, mitzvahs, are not equal to learning Torah. There's nothing like learning Torah. So they had this theory, which one, which, which is correct. And Morris says the same answer. If a mitzvah can be done by somebody else, then you sit and learn Torah. But if nobody's there to do the mitzvah, whether it's uh, a Leviathan Mace or Sameh Chasmikala or helping the poor, whatever the situation is, visiting the sick, if nobody else can do it, there's nobody else there, then you do every mitzvah and you stop learning Torah while you do the mitzvahs.
Okay. Amulei, they said, by the way, young boy, my boss, what are you doing here? We're sitting and learning Torah. Remember, Shem Rechai's father told him to go learn, go to those guys, they'll give you a bracha. So he went there, they, they, they saw them learning and answering these two stiras. And then they said, what are you doing? goodbye. My father told me to come to you. I should get a bracha. Amulei told him as follows. Hey, Rabbi, may it be the will of God, the Tizra Velotechza, that you should plant and not mow. That doesn't sound so good. We'll see. Ta'ayavelotepik, you should bring in, but don't go out. Meaning like you get schora, but you won't go out. Meaning like you can't sell it. Seems like cursing. Tepik velotayel, or what you give out, you won't get back. Or licher beisva, your house should be destroyed, but your inn should be uh, should be inhabited, should be uh, occupied. What does that mean? It sounds like he's cursing. Lebalopsarcha, your table, meaning your your food, should be all mixed up and confused. You shouldn't see a new year. Wow, this is terrible, right? Sounds terrible, like they're cursing him. When he came home to his father, he told his father, not only did they not bless me, they distressed me greatly. Look what they did. They gave me all these curses. What did they tell you? He repeated the words verbatim that the two rabbis had told him. This is what they told me. Amalei told the son, no, these are all brachas. What does that mean? Tizra v'lotachsa means tolid barim, you'll have children. Below yamusu, they won't die. In other words, you, you'll raise the children, but you won't have to bury them. Ta'ayel v'lotepek, you'll go, you'll bring in, but you won't go out. What does it mean? Ta'ayel kalasa, you'll bring in daughters-in-law for your sons. Below yamusu, but your sons won't die. They'll lip them because they'll go back. Because the girls, the girls would get married and they would live by the husband's house. But if the husband died, they'd go back to their father's house. So he's saying, you're going to marry, you're going to bring in you're going to bring in daughters-in-law for your sons, but your sons won't die. So meaning that daughters-in-law won't leave the house and go back to their father's house. Tapic below tile. Told Vince, you're going to have daughters where, which you're going to send out to get married to other men in their in their locality. Below Yamusu, and their husbands won't die. Velahadru uh come back to you and so that your daughters would come back to you. And these are brachas that you will take in. You'll take in daughters-in-law and your sons won't die. Your daughters will get married and their husbands won't die. Your house should be destroyed, but not your, but your inn will be inhabited. What does it mean? The high alma, uh, uh, um, the high alma, this world is a temporary place, an inn that you just stay temporarily. So we're saying that should be settled. The alma and the next world that we're going to be to, that's your permanent house, Besa. It says, their insides are their house forever. What does that mean? Meaning their kever is their permanent house. So he's saying your, your permanent house will be destroyed, meaning don't go to your permanent house yet. We're giving you a blessing that you should live long in this life, this life, which is your temporary life. You, that should be inhabited. You should be in the inn. This is your inn, your, where you live now. That's your, your house now is your temporary house. No, nobody's going to live there past 120, right? So your house now is your temporary inn, your hotel. There you should stay a long time. That shouldn't be destroyed. But your permanent house, the kever, that we don't want to go near there now. That should be destroyed for now. So their kever should be destroyed for now. Your table should be confused, mixed up, uh, disorganized. What does that mean? The bunny venus, you should have a lot of children. People who have a lot of children house know what the kitchen looks like, right? The table's all mixed up, the food's all over the place. Below you shouldn't see a new year. Thomas Insach, you shouldn't your wife shouldn't die. Below Rita. If your wife dies, you have to take another wife. What's the halach if you take a new wife? You don't go out to the army for a year. Naki Shana. 
right? That means you shouldn't see a new year, meaning you shouldn't have to be another a, a, a new year with a new wife. So it was all brachas. left said goodbye to Rav. Some have to give us a Rebbe. He left Amalei. And so the Rebbe, or the Rav, or Rebbe, or Yudanasi told him, Amalei, uh, Amalei Lebrei told the son, go to him and give you a blessing. Amalei said, what was the blessing that he gave him? That you shouldn't, you shouldn't embarrass others so that you also will not be embarrassed. Asa Gabi Abu, he came to his father, Amalei, what did he tell you? Amalei, Amalei, he told me just some words, you know, don't get it, don't, don't embarrass other people so you won't be embarrassed. He gave you the bracha that Hashem blessed Yisrael, the Tanabe, and he repeated it. Hashem blessed Yisrael with that and repeated it. As we say in the Yitan Lecha on Matzah Shabbos, we preach these two psukim in Yoel Beis, Pasuk Chafav and Chavzayim. You're going to eat food and you'll be satiated. And you'll bless God. And my nation will not be embarrassed. And then the next goes on. Vidatim kibir Israel, you know, I need a uvelo that there's no, I'm alone. Below Yevosha Milom, the next passage also repeats. Below Yevosha Milom. So it repeats it twice as if to tell me the same idea that don't, you you should not embarrass others so that others won't embarrass you. And some say that the Pshad is low Tavayish, that both of them, you shouldn't be embarrassed and you shouldn't embarrass, you shouldn't you shouldn't be embarrassed by others and you shouldn't be embarrassed by yourself. Some have that rush, the Rashi and Pashit that you shouldn't embarrass others and nobody will embarrass you. So he gave you a bracha, the same bracha that Hashem blessed Bnei Yisrael. The Mishnah said, that a woman can make her adornments. What does that mean? What are the adornments, the beautifications of, um, of we're not talking about jewelry, we're talking about things that she does to her to her body. What are these definitions? Hashem, she put, paints her eyes, and parts her hair. And she, and she, um, and she passes, um, and as she rubs her face with this kind of a, um, a, a chemical, which acts as a debilitory to remove hair. Some, some it's a samech, her face should be reddish and remove the hair. Uh, and it was, you see, it softens the skin. It makes the skin look nice. The uh, some say malveras sirak and the girsa of the, of the gro is that it's a sakin, that she takes a, a razor, al-panesh So some say that either she removes her hair her pubic hair, she removes either with this chemical or even with a knife. The visitor of Chistor, of Chistor's wife, who was an elderly woman already, she did this. She took care of her personal hygiene, uh, removing hair, etc., uh, in front of her daughter-in-law. Yasuf Rafuna Barchina, commander of Chistor, Rafuna Barchina was learning in front of Chistor. Yasuf Akamar, that's only a, a young woman should uh, look to beautify herself. Alvis Kane, but an old woman, she is she permitted to do these things on Chalamoid also? Even your mother, your grandmother also. Even she's got one foot in the grave, right? One foot, mom, she's standing by her cover. That means people say, a 60-year-old is like a six-year-old. To the sound of the tambourine, of the, of the musical instrument, she'll run. In other words, that, uh, that makes no difference how old you are. You're still... It, you know, you still have to, if everybody still wants to look nice and wants to dance and be the Sameach and don't, uh, don't uh, refer to old women as not being responsible, as not having to do this kind, these kind of things. They're also permitted. And in fact, they're encouraged to do these things. Rebutus is a woman should not use a lime on her face as a debilitory to remove the hair on Chalamoy. Why? Because even though she's going to be happy later on, but she was right now during Chalamoy, she's going to be, doesn't look nice, got mud all over your face. Rabbi Yudah said 
that a woman shouldn't do that because it's uh, disgusting for her to do that. If it's a kind of a lime or a chemical that she can remove, peel off on chalamoid, it's a philosophy. In other words, let's say the first day of chalamoid, she can put it on, but she'll she'll remove it. It'll come off the next day, whatever, still on chalamoid. It's distressing to her now. It'll help her later. She'll be happy later on. In other words, you know, it's like, you you know, you get a, a mud job on your face or whatever, or you go for a facial or whatever they call it, you know, you do those kind of things. It's only temporary while they're being worked on, but after a few hours or after a day, you can remove it. So if it could be removed still on chalamoid and you'll enjoy it, she'll, she'll have a good simcha from it, that's okay. So Rebuta says, you're not supposed to do that if you're going to be disgusting the whole chalamoid, but if it's going to remove it on chalamoid, it's okay. If I does Rebuta hold of this idea that if afterwards it's okay, it'll be better afterwards, then you look at afterwards, not just right now, but tonight we learn as follows. We learn in Avodah Zorah, remember that the beginning of Avodah Zorah tells you, you're not supposed to make the goyim happy on their holidays because they're going to go thank their Avodah Zorah, you know, because uh, something good. So you're allowed to get paid. You don't pay back your chov. If you owe a goyim money, don't pay him back on his holiday because he's going to go thank his God for that. But you can get paid from them because if they pay money, they're, they're not happy about that. Because he troubles him to pay money. That's what Rebuta said. Amulo, they told him, even though it troubles him now to pull his wallet out, but he's happy later on because he says, oh, my, my debts are, I'm, I'm uh, debt free. He feels good afterwards. It bothers him when he pays the money. He's got to part with his money, part with his cash. But he feels good afterwards. So that's what they told Rebuta. Rebuta didn't say that. Rebuta said you can get paid for them. They told him, no, look at, Right now, it, it's painful, but maybe after a day or two, he'll feel good about it. So Rebuta didn't look at, at the after a day or two there by the guy. And here he looks at the after a day or two. He says, if you can, you can remove the debilitory a day or two later and still chalamoy, that's okay. So does Rebuta really look at things later on? Here he doesn't look at things later on. So there's two answers. The lachas of chalamoy are different because everything is like that. Whatever you do in chalamoy for the simcha of the chag, is all, it's trouble right now, but you're going to enjoy it. You're spend cooking, Rashi says, you cook and you bake all that. You think it's a pleasure to cook and bake. The kitchen's dirty. It's a pain in the neck. You got to do all this work. Of course it's sour, but you enjoy it when you have the meal on, on Chag. So it's all the things of Chalamoid are, of course, you're doing these things now. You're fixing this, fixing that, the things that you're allowed to do. Of course, it's sour right now when you do the work, but you're happy afterwards. So the same thing with a woman. If it's sour when she puts on the bill for it, but she's going to be happy when she takes it off, that's okay. Chalamoid is different then than other things like uh, like Avodah Zara. Ravina gives a difference. It's a guy is never happy when he's loaned. He doesn't feel good about paying off his loans that he's debt-free. It bothers him that he has to take out the money, that he has to pay the money, and he's not, it, it, in his review, there he's, Rabuta holds not like the other sheet of the Amrulo. They, Rabuta said that you can get paid back by a guy on his holiday. And the rabbi said, the other, the other rabbi said that, yeah, but I'll be happy later on. No, Rabuta he's not going to be happy later on. He's never happy to pay off his loan. He'd rather have the money in his pocket. I'm Rabuta, but I'm Young Jewish girls who reach puberty, they have hair growing in various places. But they're not yet bat mitzvah, and they're embarrassed by the hair. So Anias, the poor girls, toughless on the Sid. They remove the hair by using lime. That's a, a cheap, uh, a cheap uh, chemical, a cheap uh, uh, compound. Ashiras, the richer girls, toughless on the souls. They use flour, fine flour, which is more expensive. Benos Melachim, the princesses, the Shemin Amor. They use Shemin Amor, myrrh, myrrh oil. Shemin Amor, from 
the Megillah, right? That's, that's what they do. They use this uh, fancy oil to remove their hair. My Shemana, what does that mean? What is Shemana more? It's a kind of a compound, it's a kind of a perfume or a, an oil that helps remove the hair. It's olive oil that didn't grow a third, that olives didn't grow a third, and they make the oil from that, and that's good for removing the hair. Time review, Omer, on Picanon, also, that's another name for it. That's, that's olive oil that didn't, that, that olives didn't grow a third. And they used that. Why did they anoint themselves with that? It removes the hair and softens the skin. Rabbi had a daughter, and um, she was, uh, and she had hair apparently, and uh, she, her, her, her skin was thick. Tufla Aver, he uh, he treated her with this uh, with this compound uh, with Anpiknon or whatever you want to call it, citrus or the Shemnam, where he treated with this, um, Aver Aver, he treated her limb by limb, and then she looked so pretty afterwards that Chuckle bought Dalmeasume. Her husband, her potential husband, was willing to pay 400, 400 zuz in order to marry her. Um, so there was a guy in his neighborhood, Davili Barsi, he also had a daughter, Tafla Bachatzimna. He treated her all one shot, which is not healthy to do. Mason, she died. Omar cut Labibi Labarsi. Bibi killed my daughter because I followed him. And he didn't explain to me all these details that the rule is that, you know, you got to do it one limb at a time. You don't do the whole body because the whole body together is too much. Uh, couldn't, couldn't handle the whole thing. So the several of Rabibi, Mason, he thought he did like Rabibi, but Rabibi didn't do it that way. Omar Nachman said, Rabibi, the Shastishim, Rabibi was a, he used to drink beer. Uh, so he, he, since he drank beer, drinking beer causes the children um, to grow hair and thickens the thickens the skin. So he needed to treat her with this shemen zayis, tampiknon, or citrus, or shemenamor, whatever you call that. Uh, he treated her. So if you drink beer, by his daughter needed this uh, treatment of, of the shemenamor. In other words, it's only necessary. Uh, if you have a certain diet that includes a lot of beer. Otherwise, it's not necessary. Tomorrow's daf, daf yud, will be on the uh, podcast, Mitzvah It's already up there. And um, uh, on Sunday, Mitzvah will start on daf yud aleph from the mission. There's a mission about 10 lines down. We'll start from there on Sunday morning. Shabbat shalom. Stay safe to everybody. And uh, we'll continue on as we do on Zoom, in person, whatever it takes. Have a good Shabbos, everybody. Before Shalom. Sure.